Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode 15, I interview English runner Adam Fogg. Foggy, as he is colloquially known in running circles, was born in England and moved to Australia in his early years. He credits the Australian education system as to why he started the sport in the first place, claiming if it wasn't for the compulsory participation of school children in the cross-country events around the country, he may never have found his current passion. Foggy started to make representative teams late in primary school, which he continued to do so in high school and eventually graduated from the Redlands College in Brisbane. Foggy initially trained with the Burt Squad in Brisbane after school and had various coaches, but shortly after moved over to America to pursue his running career. He's now a 337 man over the 1500 metres and is signed with Under Armour and trains with an elite squad over in America. So tune in to hear from a local legend who as an adult has been involved in Australian, English and American running in the short span of five years. How you doing? Adam Fogg, welcome to the podcast. I'm well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problems. Hey, that audio is crystal clear. That's great. Yeah, brilliant. Good to hear. <laughs> I guess for me, I just wanted to start with where you're sitting right now and what time is it? You're over in England, I think, in mid-morning. Is that right? I am. Yeah, it's 10.30 in the morning, uh, Sunday. I just got back from my Sunday long, long-ish run um because i'm kind of in race season at the moment it's kind of a fairly short long run um i just did 15.3k this morning about 355 per k um rolling along nicely yeah just um nothing too long though because i'm kind of in in the middle of racing um but i'm i'm back in england yeah stratford up on avon um in the midlands just kind of south about half an hour of Birmingham, um, where the Commonwealth Games are on at the moment. So, um, oh right, you're not too far from it. No, no, we're we're in a really good spot for it. I've actually been for four four days of the track and field. So, um, yeah, been really enjoying it. Um, and there's a bit of a kind of buzz in England at the moment. The weather's actually been really good uh, for a change, which which is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, and do you say that because of the lack of rain? It's been fairly sunny, hasn't it? It has. I think I got sunburned yesterday. So, um, yeah, first time ever in England, I think. But um, no, it's actually been really good. I think after the Gold Coast, the standard was kind of set for, for you know, the Gold Coast was a really impressive Commonwealth Games being in Queensland in Australia. Um, and, you know, it could have kind of gone either way, I think, with Birmingham in England. But um, yeah, so far, so good. I think, I think, the general kind of consensus everyone's been pretty impressed i think the weather's been good um blue skies again today so um yeah all, all is good oh it's fantastic yeah i thought i'd seen something on instagram that you posted or on strava a video a photo uh a faint memory of, of mine in the last week or so so tell us then what what do you feel is uh the best aussie achievement thus far we've seen ollie hall with an amazing win uh, just the yeah. other day, I'm literally, I'm halfway through the 5,000 metres. It's on the TV as we speak. It's paused, yeah, yeah. seven plus replay with Jack yeah. Ranner and Ramsden. I'm not sure how they fared. 
Um, but yeah. anyway, we haven't got to ladies either. So how do you see the Aussie uh, involvement and, and your pick of the performances? Yeah, uh, honestly, I, I mean, I'm definitely mostly involved in the track and obviously this podcast is all about yeah. the track. I think <laughs> overall, um, I think in other sports as well, they've been doing pretty well, to be honest. But um, I think Ollie has got to take the cake for the Aussie, Aussies right now. Um, I mean... I was actually there in the stadium yesterday when he won that. And um, I think I wouldn't have been surprised to see him get a medal. I actually said to my dad before the race, Ollie Hoare, to win, um, which it, it kind of seemed like a bit of a long shot. But um, it, it was something that you could kind of see happening, I think. But um, yeah, I, I think overall winning the Commonwealth Games 1500 against Jake Whiteman, who's just won Worlds, chariot who's won worlds in the past and has run 328 um and then a whole stack of other people in there josh kerr bronze at, uh in tokyo jake hayward was in there um oh, i mean it's just an absolutely stacked field um for ollie to win that i think that's that's pretty a pretty big achievement um and to run 330.1 yeah, yeah. yeah um, second fastest aussie time isn't it over the 1500 yeah just behind Stewie. yeah it must have been a big PB for him. Was it about 3.33, his previous PB? I think he'd run 3.32 indoor, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, you know, that, um, that's something that I want to delve into today as well with you is the fact that he's been abroad from Australia. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've come to and fro uh, between England, America, and, and Australia. So looking forward to seeing the impact that America has had on your uh, training. And, and um, you've just... Before we get into the formalities, I've seen that 3.37 that you've run. Uh, I think that was in Germany, wasn't it? And, and you know, being a sub-340 man now, well and truly, I think you'd have one or two prior to this. But it's getting pretty close to the to the top. You, pr you probably say you're on the back straight now, seeing the, the winners finish uh, at the Commonwealth Games yeah. if you're running a 3.37. So how was that experience? Yeah, it's funny because, like, I kind of thought, if it went slow, 3.37 could be right up there. For people who don't know about running in tactical races, you know, if, if it ended up being one in something like 3.38, 3.39, and I've got a 3.37, it would look really impressive. But, um, God, with, with how they ran yesterday, it's like I would have been, I would have been halfway down the home straight when Ollie yeah. was finishing. So, um, yeah, I, I guess getting down to 337 i mean it's 337 so i've i've just dipped under 338 but um it is kind of it's getting close to to being right up there um it's yeah it's kind of a sort of time where you're you're knocking on the door of starting to uh really push for making those teams and stuff so i am hoping over the next kind of year or two um that i can really be making a push to make those teams I don't know if you actually know this, but last year, I because mum and dad moved back to England and I was trying to, there was an opportunity to run at European under-23s. I actually swapped my national allegiance back to Great Britain. So um, for the future, yeah, it's um, probably more than likely will be England and Great Britain just because I was born in England. All my family's from England. I uh, grew up in Australia, but now now that I'm back, uh, kind of in England it's like um, I'll be hopefully trying to make a push for for running for Great Britain and England in the future um, 
and getting yeah as you say getting down to 337 is um kind of kind of getting close um it's ranked 10th in 10th or 11th now after yesterday maybe in the uk um so if i can you know keep taking chunks off that um yeah hopefully i can find myself on a team at some point yeah that's really exciting yeah we'll get into into the next year or so um probably towards the end of the interview and um it's exciting too because at the moment it's arguably a stronger field for the aussies across the the 1500s got to be uh, yeah, arguably the strongest event at the moment, I think, on the track. So, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to know probably more about English running, but it seems maybe there's a bit more of a chance there for you. Um, and 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 the fact that you've brought that up actually goes nicely into the next part of the interview because I, I wanted to sort of delve into who you actually were representing at the moment. So you've answered that question. But then what about, like, were you, were you born over there as well? And how long did you spend there originally yeah, yeah. in England? Yeah, so I was born about 20 minutes from where I am right now. So I'm in Stratford-on-Avon now. Um, I was born about 20 minutes away in a little place called Warwick. Um, and I lived in England till I was seven. Uh, and then we moved to Australia um, for, for dad's work, basically. There was kind of the opportunity. His company needed someone to head out to Australia for, for a couple of years. It was only going to be for two years originally. Um, so me, mum and dad and my brother moved out to Brisbane, um, and we ended up being there for 15 years, basically it turned from two years into 15. Um, and then just last year, yeah, mum and dad kind of relocated back to England. Um, but yeah, born in England, lived out in Australia and now kind of back, but yeah, but yeah. in America, um, with, with Under Armour. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll run through your, all your running time shortly and then get back into that. Um, before we get there though, what, in terms of you as a person too, is there anything else you're doing other than running and watching running and learning about it, reading about it? Are you into any of the other sports over there in, in England, any cricket or um, um, any American sport as well? Uh, in America, I mean, I, I kind of, with, with everyone who was around me, you kind of get a little bit involved in like the American football and the basketball and stuff, just kind of at the college level and, and kind of the pro level, but I'm still pretty clueless with it all, to be honest. Um, and then in England, we've got a football soccer team, Derby County, who, who I'm technically a supporter of, but I do struggle to kind of keep up with it all. Like I am, I am definitely a football soccer fan, but it's so hard to kind of stay on top of it all being, kind of being in England for a bit and then growing up in Australia and then being over in America. But while I'm back, um, I do enjoy getting to getting to a few matches with my dad, actually. Um, we got to a few last year and most of the trips, when we come back to England, we get to a few. Um, I don't think I'm going to fit any in this trip, but um, I'd say I'd say football, soccer is kind of the other sport that I'd, I'd say I'm involved in, but running kind of, is the main one for sure yeah right yeah and no other sort of quirkier hobbies or interests that that people uh wouldn't know about on the wider circle of of uh connections and uh, friendships yeah i mean honestly not not a whole lot i'm pretty yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty relaxed like i i enjoy just like hanging out with my friends and like i had a couple of weeks at altitude in italy with 
Jai Edwards, uh, Jai Parrott and Rory Hunter, three guys out of Australia. And we kind of like we were we were running once a day, most days, some days twice. Um, but it was just so relaxed. And I, I find I'm pretty happy just like running and not doing a whole lot else. If if I'm around the right people, you know, we were, I don't know, uh, going to cafes, playing card games, like um, checking out the, the local town because it was new to all of us um so with running it's kind of great because a lot of the time you're you're in new places in I don't know different parts of the world like I've done a reasonable amount of America bit of Europe um in the last couple of months um yeah so it's great I I'm pretty happy just as long as you're around the right people um yeah yeah I'm happy doing whatever yeah yeah, I think I think it's that also speaks volumes for you. But it, it seems like you really enjoy the sport. You love your running, and that. And we'll get into as well the uh, Fog Dog exclusive, almost the video logs of logs, shall we yeah. call it? You might have a, a better description than I do of that, um, because they were basically uh, short videos updating us on what you're up to with your training and racing, and it, it kind of it set a a um, a bit of a uh, an exciting scene around the Brisbane running community too at that time. So, so we'll yeah. get to that shortly. So in terms of the, uh, the, the running times, I, I guess to give a perspective for listeners too on your age, you're still very young. I forget that you're 23 this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I turned 23 actually in January. So 23 and a half. Yeah. Hopefully not peaking just yet. But... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. early, early baby in the year. Um, and yeah, yeah. And if we get to get to your times, uh, we'll talk about to where you see yourself progressing in the future. It seems like it's 1500 uh, and possibly the three and five, but in terms of times that I've seen on world athletics and you've sent through a few too. So let's just double check these, uh, 800, 151. And I'll just round to the whole number here, 1500, 338, the mile 357, 2000. Um, in Brisbane, 2016, interesting, 540, 3,751, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 5,000, you've broken 14, 13, 58, 48 uh, over in America last year, uh, the 10,000, 29, 26. See, these, these times are still great for longer events, 3,000 steeplechase, 952, I'm not sure how many <laughs> of those you've done. Distance medley relay as well. What's the distance medley relay in America? That was only a few few months back. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically a relay where you have a 1200 leg, then you have a 400, an 800, and a 1600. So it's a bit of a weird one. I think they only run it in the college system. Um, And we kind of just did it for a bit of a laugh at Drake relays. Um, Yeah, okay. That's not on a, a replay somewhere, is it, we could find? Uh, not, not a proper video that I know of. I think there's a, there's a little clip of it on my YouTube channel actually, but, um, yeah, not, not a whole lot. Um, yeah, we kind of just did that for a bit of fun at Drake Relays. It was our home meet, so our coach has to run it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the indoor times too, which we can't forget with your, uh, involvement over in America, uh, for training and racing. So the 1,000, uh, 223, 95, 1500, yeah. 351, one mile, 357. So that's, oh, that's, well, that's to the hundredth. That's only slightly slower than your outdoor. 
at 89 compared to 60 that I'm looking at. That's correct. Yeah. Funnily enough, the outdoor one is actually indoor as well. It's just on a 300 flat track. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's the Iowa State and World Athletics counts it for some reason as an outdoor track. Um, I think because it's 300 when most indoor tracks are 200. 200, yeah. Yeah, 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 interesting. And then the 3000 indoor as well, 806, uh, yeah. 09. So your, well, was the outdoor then an indoor as well? The 751? Well, yeah, really? it was. Yeah, yeah. 751 indoor as well, but on the 300 track, 751 from February 2022, a few months ago. The Lyad or Lyad Recreation Center? Yeah. Is that Illinois? Yeah. Iowa State. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just about half an hour, 40 minutes from where I went to college at Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're, looking back at all those uh, upon reflection and where you see yourself heading, what, what are you what are you kind of happiest with there on that list? And, and where do you see yourself sort of yeah. aiming with your training? And that may change too later on, hey? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think the breaking 338, because that's only – a week and a half, nearly two weeks ago now, um, in Germany, is probably um, probably my best result. But mostly because six weeks ago, I I had my appendix out like uh, three months ago now, um, almost three months ago to the day, which really kind of ruined my season in America. I was I was ill with it for a couple of days. I had to get it out, and I had to then have a few weeks completely off running um so that ruined my season in america um six weeks ago maybe seven weeks ago now i reopened my season um with a 1500 in england and i, I ran 348 and it was really really tough um i felt really bad um and it was just like wow uh how am i ever going to kind of come back from this and then yeah five five or six weeks after that which is a week or two ago now, um, I'd got back down to under 338, the best kind of shape of my life, um, 337.96 PB, um, came third in a pretty strong field. I think I had the 11th fastest PB going into it and I came third. Um, and yeah, running 337 high after running 348 about five weeks earlier um, was kind of a result that I was pretty happy with. Um, as well on that list, I think for the future, um, as you kind of mentioned, I think the 3K is like the biggest indicator of where I'm where I'm kind of heading for the future. Um, 751 is kind of the, even though I've raced a few 3Ks and there's a couple of other 3Ks like in my results, that, that 751 is kind of the only ever 3K I've been in where it's been like fast from the start. I've tucked in, it's been quick and I've like... Uh, you know, had had people running basically the only ever fast 3K time trial I've been in where I've been in really good shape. Um, so I think for the future, running running something like, well, something in the low 750s kind of shows um, hopefully a good potential for moving up to the three and the five. Um, yeah, for, for in the future. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, it's de- definitely up there in Australian running too because Jude Thomas, he he recorded the under 20 Australian record. Uh, yeah. I think that was early this year, end of last year at 7.50, wasn't it? 
Yeah, so, I think it was in April or March. He ran, I think he got down 747 to win National 3K. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Yeah, and and he obviously he, he's, he's in the under twenties, yeah. and you're twenty three. But it's giving perspective about uh, that time, particularly for those who don't know much about the three thousand. And the other thing too with it is that it, uh, with it not featuring it, uh, events like the Olympic Games is something I wish wish it would uh, be a part of it because it's it's just yeah. that middle ground between the fifteen hundred and five thousand, which really does suit a lot of runners. Because would you see yourself as like You've obviously got a lot of speed, but maybe are you seeing uh, to be uh, more honest, so, so to speak, maybe not enough for the 800 metres to pursue that as a, a move forward? Oh, yeah, no chance. Uh, I mean, I, I think that, that 151 you read out, like that was that was November 2020. And I ended up doing a lot of the kind of heavy lifting in that race. Like I, I had the lead all the way from the gun until the home straight. Um and then Jude Thomas and Will Morris, one of my old training partners from when I was based in Brisbane, they kind of came past me at the line um, to run both of them around 150. I was 151. Um, I'd like to think I could get down to about 148, 149 for sure. But in, yeah, 2022, that's just not competitive. Um, so I think... Yeah, I think definitely the 1500, 3K, 5K um, is kind of more where I see myself, especially as I'm getting older and uh, the the kind of strength starts to show a little bit more. Like three or four years ago, I wouldn't have probably broken 15 minutes for the 5K, but now I'd see myself as like, oh, in the rye race being, well, quite a lot under 14 minutes. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, five. And I'm sure that's come from confidence too, like being on the track. Generally, the track's faster. If you're in a fast race on a track, surely yeah. that confidence and those times have really helped for that as well. Because yeah. all, all these times we've read out, these are all on the track, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at this point in time. Um, so that's interesting. Only two in Brisbane, that steeplechase. Uh, event yeah. in 2017 and the the 800 at, that I, I stream they're both at QSAC. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, yeah, my steeplechase career was kind of short lived. Um, what, was that a one and only was, event, or was that a? Uh, did you have a bit did, of a phase? I did two of them. I ran 10:15 um, the night after my 18th birthday. So take take without what you will, and uh, then I ran one more. And I ran 9.52 um, about maybe a month after my, my debut steeple. So, um, yeah. So were you one of those guys that thought that um, those steeple chase times look pretty realistic and had a go at it and had, had a reality check that it's pretty difficult to run fast over steeples for 3K? I never really wanted to give it a crack. My coach wanted me to have a go. And I, um, yeah, I, I was a bit reluctant, but I, I gave it a go and kind of, yeah, wasn't wasn't that much of a fan. Um, found it pretty tough and, yeah, ran two of them and I'll probably never run another one again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You've got to find what you enjoy and what you're good at. And it seems like you have there for now. So if we if we get back to uh, the upbringing over in, in England initially, I guess 
if I recall correctly, from just earlier, you you were only there for a, a couple of years. So the running side of things or any influence on you as a runner would have been uh, in this very country. Is that correct? And what were those influences that possibly got you into the sport? Yeah, yeah, pretty much in Australia is where it kind of all began. Um, I did little athletics um, from when I was nine, I think, um, until I was oh, only 12 or 13, I think. But um, yeah, and then through the school system from the age of 10 in Australia, you can start running at districts and regionals and states and nationals. And when I was 11, I went to nationals in the 800. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of wasn't really training or anything, but it was like um, a good way to get get involved in the sport, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, when I was 16, I got my first proper coach, Ben Norton, with On Track, um, On Track Running in Brisbane. Um, and yeah, I guess I'd kind of, I'd kind of put me getting getting involved in running down to basically the Australian school system because everyone lines up for the school cross country and if you're yeah. if you're good enough you go on to districts and regionals and states and so yeah. on um and then kind of once you start doing that you kind of see yourself as being a bit of a runner um and yeah then i i got a coach and the rest is kind of history so um yeah from from the age of about 16 i've been taking it reasonably serious and then um yeah in 2019 i went over to college in america and yeah, that's that's it. So yeah, and Foggy, where where were you growing up, and what schools were you attending? From from what I know, being a teacher and running around Brisbane, you weren't in a Brisbane school, especially early on. Is that correct? I went to I yeah yeah I actually I graduated from Redlands College in Wellington Point, so South Side. Yeah yeah. Kind of um near near Cleveland. Cleveland would be like the most well known kind of bigger place near Redlands. Um. Yeah, so I went there, didn't really have a big running program, um, didn't kind of have a proper running coach at school. Um, my PE teacher actually did used to be a runner from, from New Zealand, actually. He ran um, high 340s, I think, for the 1500 um, and high 140s for the 800, just under 150, I think. Um, so he was kind of, he knew about running. Um, I knew that I was quite involved in it, but yeah, with, with actually getting into it, it was all kind of outside of school. School was just like a bit of, bit of fun. Well, and bit of learning and uh, not, not a whole lot of running kind of got exposed to a few different sports in PE and stuff, but yeah, not really running. Yeah. Okay. And, and were there any early signs like early primary school that, it was something that you were fairly good at was it sort of that late primary school age that you said earlier that you started to move into those those rep events like the 800 yeah when i was like eight nine ten i'd like win the school cross country but yeah that was that was against like a class of i don't know 20 or 30 people like who well most of them hadn't run a step in their life not that i was even really running then but um yeah i I guess kind of from then um, I had a little bit of natural talent as a youngster, but um, never really started taking it seriously until I was a little bit older when I was, yeah, 15, 16 kind of thing. And you start to 
see that you can make it to I don't know regionals and states and stuff and then um from from there yeah I got a coach and yeah kind of was properly involved in it yeah 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 okay so what about your family like do you have any siblings or was mum and dad into running um in any in any way supporting uh watching competing oh they're they're very supportive they love they love watching it um they when they were younger though they've they were never really involved um i've got a brother he he runs to stay fit but he's not competitive um and yeah my my dad now runs quite a lot um i mean he's run i think he's run 21 flat for 5k um he's got a competition with his friends where they all kind of run against each other and stuff so um but in terms of like actually taking it seriously no mum and dad never never did um i'm kind of the first one in the family i do have cousins actually in england who who run quite seriously and on my mum's side of the family her um i guess when she was younger like in in school and stuff she she did a little bit but um never kind of kept it going but her brothers there's a couple of them they um they were quite involved in running um and now my cousins in england are, are pretty heavily involved yeah yeah okay yeah so obviously a few connections there and that, and that all that all helps doesn't it that support uh for you as an athlete particularly when it's coming from people as close as your family uh which is good to hear so i'm just trying to piece now the timings of finishing school and then running around brisbane for a few years like was that 20 did you finish 2017 from school i actually graduated november 2016 yeah then i did two uni in australia um didn't really like the course i was doing and then started to run quicker and um yeah went over to america yeah so before we get there uh obviously bert uh was a a prominent thing and uh, i guess influence th- those guys there um who who now are based out of new farm in brisbane yeah was that were you were you a part of them at all in school because i think they started in 2016 um themselves so may- maybe that wasn't a thing uh for you uh, but how just talk to us about how that experience was for you um and you know you you, you sort of founded that you were a part anyway that i could see of the loader raceway heading out there early in the mornings and it still seems to be a bit of a tradition for the Burke guys to head out to a very flat area around loader um, southern areas of brisbane yeah yeah it's such a good spot um so i know i know peter bracken really well i'm pretty good friends with with bracken um yeah so in in i got to know pete at a running group in winham um on the east coast in 2015 13 oh, okay. um that's when we first met yeah um but we were just kind of training once a week in this little kind of triathlon group and then i joined my my first proper coach in 2015 when i was 16 um and that's when i started kind of taking it a bit more seriously training a few times a week and stuff like that um so in 2016 yeah pete then started the bert squad um i was still in school um, and I was training with Ben Norton with the on-track running group. Um, and yeah, so I was, I was doing most of my sessions with the on-track group. And then in 2017, um, every so often I'd go to a vert session just as like a little extra kind of thing. Um, just 
kind of because I knew Pete really well. Me and Pete have always got on pretty well. He's from England. Um, yeah. And he started up this Burt squad and he's done really well with it. I mean, you look at it from where it kind of started to what it's what it's at today. It's, it's incredible how he's kind of changed the lives, to be honest, of quite a few people um, in Brisbane who have joined it. And it's a pretty strong running group now. Um, so I was never properly a part of it. Um, like I... It, early on at least, because um, I was with the on-track running group with Ben Norton. Um, then 2019, I went off to college and in 2020, I came back and I was doing most of my stuff with the Burt squad just because I was running uh, high on college. Um, and I was doing a bit of my own thing because I planned on going back to college. So kind of fitting in with the Burt squad just worked out really well. Um, I do yeah, I'd go and do a few sessions with them and head down to the raceway. We did a few time trials and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, it was it was a good time. That COVID year kind of, um, I really did quite a lot with them. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was good fun. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they had a, had a strong influence on you. And they really have grown, haven't they? Even to, to older runners and fem- the female population too. Um, I even know of school boys and girls heading over to the sessions so they're, they're just growing and growing and it, it must it must be a bit hard to when you're becoming like elite semi-elite sort of standard to, to look back and see how far that's grown because of being you know you go to a session now and you'd well and truly be at the front uh, but you were sort of owning the Brisbane scene at that point of time uh, around I guess in different fun runs and events and and then this uh, fog dog exclusive thing came yeah. a bit of a an attraction to to all sorts of runners. For me personally, I, I think I, I love the early morning wake ups and, and the videos on the way towards uh, sessions and runs. It almost like made that experience that kind of uh, sort of calmness for most people, I guess, before a training session seem kind of uh, uh, I guess attractive in a way like to to excite us all to just embrace all the parts of getting prepared for a run the commute and the actual session and then detailing all your training around it which was really cool so just talk to us briefly about that yeah yeah so um uh i don't know if you've heard of matt hansen but he kind of he kind of does quite a lot with the burst squad he's got his own youtube channel actually but it's funny when people ask kind of where it came from i've got to always give him a bit of credit because we I did quite a bit of running with him um in late 2019 when I was home from college and just very early 2020 um before going back to college in America and I think on just on a random run he was like you should start up a YouTube channel and because the athlete special is such a big kind of YouTuber in America he he kind of started out in college um he, he said, call it the Fog Dog Special. And I was like, no, nah, I can't can't do that. I can't steal his name exactly. So I just came up with the Fog Dog exclusive, kind of just completely random. Um, thought, yeah, I'll go with that and stick with it. And I kind of planned on filming a few videos, seeing how they looked and not posting them until I knew that I was kind of happy with five or six of them. And, you know, I'd have a few backed up, ready to go. But um, I filmed the first one, and basically straight away I was like, "Yeah, it's it's good fun. It will it'll be fine. Whatever whatever comes of it is, oh, I mean, who even cares? Like, I'll I'll just post it and see what happens." And um, 
it kind of took a little while to get going. I ended up being at college for about two months before Corona kind of shut everything down and I went back to Australia. But um, yeah, then when I was back in Australia, I just kind of, um, I had dad or a friend um, kind of filming a lot of sessions and stuff like that. And I was posting a video every week, basically just kind of showing, um, you know, a training session or a time trial. And um, it worked out pretty well in Australia because it was just like the early mornings with a lot of the time with the Burt squad, um, just, yeah, you know, heading down to Loader Raceway or, you know, uh, New Farm Park, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it kind of, I kept it going and um, kept it going through college when I went back and um, still have it going today. So yeah, it's, it's good fun. I never really thought I'd have a YouTube channel, but um, it's, it's just like having a, any other social media platform, to be honest. It's just posting some videos and um it's funny because like I was at the Commonwealth Games yesterday and a couple of people recognized me one guy asked for a picture and it's like <laughs> I, I haven't really done that much in running I mean I'm I'm doing all right but uh, I'm no real big dog in running yet maybe one day but um, <laughs> it's like just because I post a few videos online um you get recognized at Commonwealth Games so yeah it's pretty funny oh that's great yeah um no I definitely th I think it created an exciting it was just an exciting concept for many people. It just made, it literally made the sport and the sessions and the running and everything around it seem very exciting and alluring, I guess, for, for all of us. So yeah, I, I, you know, I do remember that very vividly. I, I actually attended the Brisbane Marathon. I did the 10K the other month, but nice. now with this yeah. podcast, I jumped onto Instagram and did a, like an update story, a, literally a video in the pitch black part of the morning at like five yeah. yeah and in the back of my mind i had the fog dog exclusive uh mornings out you know in nice. the darkness to load a raceway and and you know those are little things that just kind of add up and, and spread around the running community uh, yeah yeah as one, as one example which is definitely. really cool so that, that definitely that, that that exists still you're still doing your videos oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't posted one for a couple of weeks now but um I've actually got four videos that I need to edit um, from from my time away in Europe. So um, still going strong, up to 13,000 subscribers. Um, kind of slow growth, but um, yeah, it's good fun. And I kind of post videos now whenever I want. I try and film some sessions still and some races and stuff like that. So um, yeah, still going. Um, and don't particularly have any like, big plans or goals with it but um going back to america uh next week actually signed with under armor now so um hopefully i can kind of keep it going and uh show a bit of what life is like at kind of the professional level in running i guess um with this new group especially with um under armor yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to under armor shortly um and yeah just i just yeah, keep in mind that you just you don't often realize how the influence you have on people are doing those things um yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll get similar things with this too i just think i'm recording an interview and it'll get out there and people sort of listen but you get feedback yeah, yeah. which reminds you of why you're doing it particularly when you're not making money out of it <laughs> yeah 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 so uh, tell us about um the american running too before we get to under armor uh, who you've signed with uh yeah. both uh, earlier on in america and and now and, and what that looks like for you moving forward yeah, so um, I went to college 
at Drake University um, in Des Moines, Iowa, kind of kind of middle of nowhere in America. But um, when you actually get into Des Moines, it's a it's a pretty decent kind of city. Um, about three hundred thousand people, I think. So it's kind of like a medium sized city in America. Um, and it was it was really good. So I went over. Um, and when I first went over in twenty nineteen, Mark Carroll from Ireland. Uh, was the head coach 350 mile 730 for the 3k double olympian um so i was like great this guy he's kind of um kind of he he obviously has been at the highest level in running so he'll be great to kind of learn from and then after my first three months in america not even he left um and he became the head coach of the boston athletic association um he got offered a job there and can't really can't really knock him for taking it great opportunity um but Jay Colosseus was the assistant when I first went he's the one who kind of recruited me and um gave me the opportunity to actually go to college um and he became the new head coach when Mark Carroll left um so when when Mark Carroll did leave Jay kind of took over um, then COVID happened. And while I was back in Australia because of COVID, um, I stayed in touch with Jay. So when I first went straight, obviously, um, as I was saying, Mark Carroll was the head coach. He left and um, Jay Colosseus took over. Um, so Jay became the new head coach. Um, and during 2020, when Corona was happening, um, I stayed in touch with Jay. We chatted about my training and um, basically... It's funny because he he explains it as having to re-recruit me to get me back to America. Um, I think he was a little bit worried that while I was back in Australia, um, I was kind of enjoying life at home. And I think he was a little bit worried that I wasn't actually going to come back to America. Um, I always did plan on going back because I, I needed to get my degree. Um, that was one of the, the biggest things in it um, for me and the running as well, of course. Um so anyway, I went back in February 2021. Um, Jay was still there at Drake. Um, had a pretty good indoor season in 2021. Came fourth at nationals in the mile. Um, made nationals outdoor. Didn't run that well. Um, but it had been quite a long season because I was racing in Australia in the 1500 from September 2020 all the way through to um, nationals outdoor in America in June 2021 so it's kind of like eight nine months of of being in pretty decent 1500 shape so I was pretty tired by the end of the 2021 season in June last year um yeah had a bit of a break and then went back to America um for my final year um it was it was really good and uh when I went back to college in August 2021 um for my final year so August to November cross country and then from from January through to June is indoor and then outdoor track um one of the biggest things that I went in and um chatted about with Jay when we had our first kind of meeting of the year was getting a finishing finishing the year well finishing my college career well um and the biggest goal we had was for me to sign like a pro contract basically straight after finishing college um because I was going to graduate I did have more eligibility to run at college in America but um the way I've always kind of seen it is if you graduate um unless you're going to get another degree out of going back to college 
um I don't really see the point in just staying in college um everyone loves doing it now and I guess if you haven't got the opportunity to um sign a contract out of college then I can kind of see why people go back but um for me it was going to be I either sign with Under Armour or I go back and do classes for the sake of one more year in college when I wouldn't get another degree out of it so um yeah it worked out really well had a solid final year and then yeah signed with Under Armour um in June oh it's great yeah so yeah before we get there where are you at with that degree and what did you study and what are your work plans quickly um yeah so I studied business majoring in marketing um minoring in psychology got my got my degree and uh yeah uh my my full-time job for the time being is is running with Under Armour so um yeah hopefully hopefully for for the next few years um I can make that work um it's it's been a pretty good opportunity to to get straight out of college and in the future um uh, well we'll see what happens with my degree um I I don't particularly know uh what I'd want to go into um I want to run for as long as I can. That's kind of that's kind of the biggest goal right now. So um, yeah, we'll kind of see see what happens in future, I guess, with with work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So with running full time now, just tell us about how, like how is that possible uh, with someone like Under Armour, um, and what are they all about, and what have they supported with you thus far? Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically, I was chatting to um my now coach Corey Leslie with Under Armour from January um in America we had a few phone calls and just kind of kept in touch and I was I was chatting to a few groups in America um just to kind of keep my options open uh in terms of joining a professional running group um and Under Armour had a really kind of exciting vision with what they were wanting to do so they've they've kind of rebranded um they've got three running teams out in america there's one based in flagstaff um and two based in baltimore um and with the two based in baltimore one's like the distance group and the other's like an 800 group so i'm going to be a part of the distance group um it's a completely new group um there's there were there were four guys signed before I signed um I was the fifth there should be a sixth coming soon um and then they've signed a few girls as well so um yeah so far so good I've been loving all the the Under Armour shoes I've raced in the spikes um and I've been really impressed with with the spikes um because obviously that's one of the big things nowadays like you want to make sure you're wearing a good pair of spikes um with all the the new technology that's kind of been um in in running i guess um especially in in track and road races um but yeah so far so good i've i've been running in their kind of um trainers i've tried a couple of different pairs i've tried their um velocity elites which are like the the road running um shoes um basically like their fast road running shoe um worn them for quite a few sessions now and love them um and yeah the spikes are going well as well so um plan is to head back to america in the next week or so and um join the team over there yeah 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 great so so are you working casually then as well or is there like some financial support here to allow you to to do all this yeah yeah uh 
not not working casually as well it's yeah. the the thing with um going to college in america it kind of does open the door to signing pro contracts and yeah. um there's not there's not like loads of money in it but there is there is a bit of financial support um and ways to make it work so under armor have been pretty good um and it's a new group so um yeah yeah basically um at the moment that's that's kind of my job with running and the better it goes the the i guess more more financial support you get essentially um but yeah no it's it's been really good so far and uh um yeah i'm kind of really grateful to have the opportunity to to run for under armor and hopefully um it'll be a good a good few years hopefully yeah no it's great and i'm really happy for you mate um and, and within that group too is there any any runners that we may know back in in brisbane or australia most of the guys are um they're americans so casey coma has run 354 for the mile um willie fink has run 1316 i think for the 5k um john Renawicki has run 2815 10k and then jackson lewis um he's a steeplechaser on the team as well so um there's they were the four who were signed when i went Corey leslie is the head coach um he was a great runner back in the day as well um he retired a couple of years ago um now he's done a bit of college coaching and now he's coaching on the on the pro side um so yeah a few really solid guys um they've signed a few girls as well um and yeah it, it's a small group but um it's kind of growing a little bit and i think over the next few years they'll probably add a few more a few more um members to to the teams both on the men's and women's side um but yeah uh should be good no no proper aussies yet i mean i'm kind of kind of half of one yeah, but um yeah. yeah it's uh it should be good yeah yeah so that that's a bit of an indefinite plan then so any returns to australia for the moment are, are on the whole for this for this group um yeah i mean hopefully hopefully i'll get back to australia for for at least uh a holiday um sometime in the next kind of year or year or so um it's just so hard to plan with kind of I, I just don't know what i'm doing next week you know so um getting to the other side of the world is kind of um yeah. a little bit difficult to plan for at the moment but um yeah i mean i love australia and i i can't wait to get back so hopefully at some point um when it kind of works out with training and racing and um yeah just just everything i yeah hopefully yeah get back to australia for for a good holiday at some point uh in terms of like being based there again full time maybe maybe at some point down the line but for for the next few years um yeah hopefully i'll be based with with under armor in baltimore yeah yeah it's fantastic surely the the fog dog exclusive will cover your return to australia straight into a, a bert session and yeah, get something yeah. something g'd up for the for a, for a training session or a little race or event for the return yeah yeah oh for sure i'm sure that will that will happen at some point some point down the line um yeah yeah and it will it will definitely feature on the youtube when it does <laughs> hey so tell us what's what's been in the last year or so your regular training week then and how how will the training week look 
with the American group? Is it very much like you do the same thing with these guys and, you know, within reps and sessions, if you pull away and that kind of thing, it's just natural and organic like that or within a session, may you have like differences and you're almost doing things uh, individually. So just within like Monday to Sunday, just talk us through what you know you're heading in for and then what you've sort of been training like in the last year or so. Yeah, so in America, um, yeah, about about this time last year, it was kind of varied a lot because I've been um, doing cross country, but building up for cross country this time last year, then doing cross country, then building up for indoor, then doing a bit of indoor, getting sick, outdoor, then having my appendix out, and then getting ready for kind of my second outdoor season. So it's kind of it's kind of varied a lot, and there's been weeks from zero miles zero k right up to like 165 k or just over 100 miles so um it's it's definitely varied quite a lot this time last year i was running about 160 k a week um doing two sessions a week varying slightly in volume but kind of being pretty pretty high in volume not too intense though um a lot of kind of long stuff mile reps up to about seven mile reps um i did 15 by 800 on the track um that's kind of one of the staples that we did in america um so the sessions were pretty long i was doing pretty high mileage um and yeah sessions would kind of be up to about 12k in volume um with about a minimum of 8k worth of volume um so they were pretty high high volume, relatively low intensity, um, and only two a week. And then I did the cross country season running pretty high mileage from August to November-ish 2021. Um, December, then we started getting into some quicker stuff, um, getting ready for indoor in America and the mileage kind of drops down a little bit. So um, in America though, it's always, it always was, and with the new group with Under Armour, it more than likely will be two sessions a week. Um, in Australia, it kind of a lot of groups do three sessions a week. Um, and I found Australia was quite a lot more speed focused, um, where America is kind of a lot more. Um, there's there's definitely a bigger focus on mileage and strength um, kind of over speed. Um, so yeah anyway we went into the indoor season mileage dropped down to about still probably around 110k a week maybe slightly lower in a race week um and sessions were getting quicker um jay loves to keep some longer stuff in there so um i think yeah during indoor we'd still occasionally do like 10 or even 12 by 800 um on our little indoor track which was quite a hassle to run uh it was like four four laps around was an 800 um nearly four laps because it was 220 meters around it and kind of a square track so not ideal for training but um it kind of had to be done because it was ridiculously cold outside um but yeah anyway through through indoor and outdoor mileage a little bit lower um that was kind of fairly standard and then yeah in may i got my appendix out had a couple of weeks off and since then with building back up i've just been um 
I've just been a lot more careful with it and I haven't tried to push any high mileage weeks. I haven't run over 60 miles, which is about 90, 95K um, in a week. I've just been keeping it a little bit lower, but I have been doing three sessions a week um, generally, um, just kind of trying to get some speed back in the legs. And it's, it's kind of worked out, to be honest. Um, I think even though the appendix came at a pretty bad time with the American season, it's kind of... Um, it's kind of worked out all right because it, it gave me a bit of a break. I had a bit of time off and then um, I've still got that base fitness from, from last year and from the indoor season. Um, so I, I got fit again pretty quickly and then doing three sessions a week, I've kind of just like fine-tuned a bit of speed um, and yeah, got back in decent shape doing three sessions a week. Yeah, okay. And Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday with those sessions? Generally, um, but it would kind of, cause, cause we've been back in racing and stuff. We kind of, um, we might have to change it around. Um, just be a bit flexible with it kind of depending on when races are coming up and stuff like that. But, um, I'm going back to America. I'm planning on racing a mile, uh, on August the 20th and then potentially another one, September the 1st. I'm not sure if that one will happen or not, but, um, with the group with Under Armour, under Corey Leslie, the coach, um, I guess we'll train through, race those miles, one or two of them. And then I think that will kind of be the end of the season. I might have a few days off, um, probably won't have a huge break, but um, even just two or three, maybe four days off just to kind of reset, recover, and then um, get back to to some probably higher mileage some longer sessions to to get fit and ready for another kind of year of of um racing essentially yeah um, and it yeah was great doing it out, out in america yeah yeah i love how your your time off is three or four days but that doesn't that seem like a long time when you're right in the thick of being fit and, yeah, and yeah. racing a lot it, it can sure. feel like two weeks can't it Oh, absolutely. And that, that might, that might change. It might be no time off. It might be another uh, surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I'll chat. Or you you get sick and the next minute you're off for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'll chat to uh, my coach and um, see what, see what he thinks kind of at the end of the the racing season and um, kind of play it by air a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So with the miles on the horizon and, and that 1500 meter distance, along with the 3000, where do you see your sweet spot is for the weekly mileage? Um, do, like, would it be low hundreds if you, if you had it exactly your way? Yeah. Um, I'm honestly so conflicted now. Cause like I, I was running pretty high mileage in America. Um, and I was running pretty well. Um, I think I think running high mileage from the end of the season, well, when you when you start like building up again for the next season until kind of the start of indoor is good because you get really fit and strong from it. Um, but then I think once you're actually in racing season, I think just running slightly lower mileage, you're just so much more fresh and you're probably not going to gain too much more fitness and strength once you're actually in that racing season from doing really high mileage. So um. I'll have a few chats with Corey Leslie once I'm back in America with the underarm group full time um, and see kind of, kind of what he thinks. But for me, like once I'm in racing season, I think low hundreds, I mean, I haven't even touched hundred K for a week 
since April, probably. Um, and I'm running quicker than I ever have done before. So I think, um, yeah, I think running high mileage during like the build up and then coming down a bit for, for racing somewhere, somewhere around, I don't know, 110, maybe 120 if I'm not racing for a couple of weeks, um, Ks a week. Um, and then in race weeks, it, it depends on the race, but yeah, drop, drop down a little bit more and just feel fresh and feel good. Um, but it all, it all kind of depends. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's been really good with Corey Leslie with the Under Armour group, just from having a couple of phone calls and texting and stuff. Um, we've both been quite flexible. Um, I've jumped in with my cousin's training group, a few guys from Australia. I went to Italy for altitude training with like, um, I think in this sport, you have to be pretty flexible and be able to um, adjust when, when you're not really sure of exactly what what's coming up and stuff like that so yeah yeah and i think it's great advice within that race season and you know for, for even for a recreational runner in brisbane it's it tends to be uh, obviously less frequently but the fun runs generally are from about march through to um september maybe october yeah, yeah. so yeah we often forget that the actual race is not is almost a session itself and then to, yeah. to ha have to recover again if you are running every few weeks is definitely important to be careful yeah. of that mileage and yeah. yeah, that benefit out of the racing is definitely invaluable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah. Well, I've kind of found that to be honest with, um, I mean, as I was saying earlier, I opened up, like I reopened up mid June with 348 in the 1500. And then I ran 350 at British champs a week and a half after that in a tactical race. So kind of the time, is whatever with that but then um another couple of weeks after i ran 341 in belgium went to italy for two weeks altitude training and ran 337 and 338 so i think the altitude definitely helped like i was training well but um i think just getting a few races under your belt you kind of can within reason kind of race yourself back into fitness like it you're just getting used to that feeling of hurting for for a few minutes again so yeah um, yeah and you've got almost five years now in the bank in the legs too so yeah another thing we often forget too we time out just to trust that training behind us that it will get us to where we need to be when we do return to yeah. racing or, or or better fitness in in training so then yeah. yeah you just you touched on the next sort of six months or so with some events what where do you see that heading in the next year or so any major goals going forward surely that com games visit there you, you were there a few days had inspired you to possibly one day be there on the start line oh for sure yeah yeah um definitely i think yeah by by 2026 i'd like to be hopefully um in in the team for the commonwealth games i know it's actually in victoria um in australia for 2026 so It'd be great to, um, I'll probably, if I am in the team, I'll be wearing an England singlet, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it would be great to be in a team like that. Um, for, for kind of the shorter term, um, there's stuff like European indoors coming up in 2023, uh, I think March, 2023 in Turkey. Um, so making, making a team like that would be such a good stepping stone to kind of, um, kind of just proved to myself that I guess I can get
get up to to that next level and um i'm gonna have to run really well to even even make a team for something like european indoors but i think it's definitely possible in probably the 3k maybe the 1500 maybe the 5k i'll kind of suss it out see how i'm going and see see kind of what everyone else is running but um yeah making something like european indoors for next year would be a big goal um and then who knows i mean there's world outdoors next year again um that's i think i have to have an incredible year but um yeah i'll i'll do my best to do my best to be in the british champs final and um from that point yeah who knows what can happen i'll i'll give it a real crack and see see what i can do yeah no that's great you got some, i think some uh high high level goals there but they're definitely realistic so it's got to stick to the process and and that america group seems like it's gonna do wonders for you moving forward with those goals so yeah definitely looking forward to seeing how how you track there and yeah like you said you'll hopefully come back at some point to the country and and drop in for a holiday and and uh you know that especially the Burke guys will be able to check in on yeah, that. Yeah. i'm gonna try and keep up with you now it seems like uh kieran perkins is the new taken over the Adam Fogg of the, yeah. the the world here. I'm not sure if you've kept up with his running. Oh yeah, yeah. I stay in touch with him uh every every couple of weeks, I guess. It's hard to, you know, stay in touch all the time. But um we we chat every every so often because we did quite a lot of training together in 2020. Um yeah he's he's been running really well. So uh yeah it's it's exciting to see for him. Um yeah it's good. Hey, have you had much to do with uh, Kai Robinson over with his connection to America too? He's he's only three years younger than you are and um, doing pretty well too. He's a churchy old boy where I teach, so I'll keep, oh, keep really? up yeah. with him. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, not not a whole lot. I mean, I've seen him seen him at various meets. I saw him at indoors uh, this year and yeah, yeah. last year, but. I was at Drake in Iowa. He's at Stanford in California. So it's like we're kind of, I don't know. It's it's like if you're in Brisbane, he's in Alice Springs or something. So um, yeah, that's kind of the distance apart. So we see each other at the big meets, but um, not really anything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's been having an unbelievable kind of collegiate career, and um, now international career running at worlds and commonwealth games so yeah big future ahead yeah yeah no, there's, a few, there's a few out there i could spend uh the next half an hour putting names to you but um <laughs> we've got some listener questions actually you, you you were absolutely pumped on instagram i think uh arguably the most questions that come through on my story post uh the other no. week so i'd love to get to them there's some names i know on there that um, uh, yeah, there's some that are probably a bit more serious than others, but uh, yeah. it should be a good laugh. And then I've got a few to finish with too myself that I'm keen to ask you, particularly around yeah. um, your Brisbane experiences. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so if you've, I'm not sure if you've heard any other previous interviews, but they, these are intended to uh, be answered reasonably short in terms of yeah. your response. So if, if you can try and manage one sentence that's that's the yeah. idea here otherwise we'd probably be here for hours <laughs> okay I'll okay this, this one's from liam woolett oh, bullet. the bullet wallet yeah yep uh so he, he says here here's a great one for him have you ever been beaten in a sprint finish at winham park run 
<laughs> That's a great one. Yeah, probably only ever once by by the bullet himself. <laughs> 2018, we both jogged along and yeah, he got me on the line. What time was it? Oh, we probably ran about 18 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so definitely yeah, a job yeah. for you guys. And then he's just um, coming through at the end. Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe a little bit under 18, but not not anything quick. We both, I think we were, we were pacing one of our girls, Jamie Hiscock, that day, I think. And then, then uh, yeah, we had a race in the last 100. Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> few names and i'll read the ones out i know first i know brendan press um you versus your junior rival callum davies who wins me <laughs> he's he's been running well but yeah i was about to say that yeah he's he's running well isn't he he's been running well but um uh, now that i uh, if if we're in a race where there's a pacemaker and it's not me having to do all the work where he can sit on me and come around in the last 50. I've got him every time. <laughs> 1500 classic state 5k, our last two races against each other back in 2020. I had him in my back pocket and that's the way it will stay. <laughs> uh, that's great. I'm, I've actually got a hold of him a few months ago and he said he'd come on here at some point. So maybe nice. we ask the yeah. same question back at him. <laughs> see what yeah. he's got. I'm not sure yeah. if you know this kid because he's fairly young. I think he's a year out of school, a GPS school, actually, one of many whom Church he compete with against in uh, the Brisbane sporting scene is Charlie Sprott. He's 18. Oh, you know yeah. Charlie Sprott at all? Yeah, yeah. He actually, he was chatting to Jay about potentially coming to coming to Drake, but I think he's going to Wake Forest or he's going he's going somewhere else. I know yeah. he's heading somewhere. Yeah, he's he's asked when you're coming back to Australia, but I think he's probably had that question answered half an hour ago when you said you yeah, were yeah. heading to America for a few years. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully next year or the year after, I'll I'll get back to back to Australia for a holiday, for sure. Ah, fantastic. There's something about a library in here. I've got a feeling it's some American library. Bradley Bradley Brodsky, favorite beer at the library cafe in Des Moines. I know his is a Hannah. So, the, yeah, Des Moines, the library cafe, that's uh, one of our local spots. Great nachos. And uh, yeah, Bradley's been there a few too many times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great spot. Yeah. Um, Jai, Jai Parrots, if you could be any runner in the world, who would it be? And as a follow up, why is it Jai Edwards? <laughs> Brilliant. What is so, that? I guess I'd be Jai Edwards then. Uh, no, Jai Parrott was there for um for that that couple of weeks that we had in Italy. Um, and yeah, we we all had a, a great time training together. Jai Edwards was also there. Um, and also Rory Hunter. Um, yeah, so we had a, a good time training. But um, God, if I could be any runner in the world, well, I mean, <laughs> I'd probably be myself i don't know like a, you look at people people like Jakob and um stuff like that they're they're living the life and running well but um i've been on my own journey for 23 years and i want to want to see where it takes me so yeah That's right yeah. Yeah, exactly uh ruben hitchings he wants to know how much you squat if you did a squat if you've done a squat recently how heavy can you lift 
I do like 20 kilos with a goblet. <laughs> I don't I don't ever squat with a bar. Yeah. Maybe maybe one day I'll get into it. But um yeah, about about 20 kilos. Pretty, pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> I'm I'm going past a few questions that are absolutely absolutely a joke. Um so I'm trying to decipher these. Uh, I'll finish with this one. D- D1 burner account. Sounds like a bit, bit of a scam account. But anyway, the question is valid though. Who were you always most scared to race against in the NCAA? Oh God, I don't know. The NCAA is so strong now. It's like every race, basically, you know that you're going to be up against some pretty big names. I think, I think probably in 2021, knowing that Cole Hocker was in the NCA mile. He, I wasn't even really scared though. It was just like, everyone knew he was a huge favorite. Um, other than that, I don't know, every meet there were big names. So um, at Drake Relays, we had Moad Zahafi, a 143-800 guy in the 1500. Um, even my teammate Baston, he's been running really well. I raced Abdi Hamid Nur, Nico Young, like in California in a 1500. Every race, there's um, some really top guys. So um, I'd say the only time, yeah, I've not even been scared, but just in the indoor mile in 2021, it was my first time at NCAAs and just Cole Hocker, he'd run 350 that season. Everyone knew he was a huge favorite. Um, So it wasn't even really scared. It was just like, Everyone knew he was going to win, and and he did. He kind of ran away from us, and and that was that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Hey, you know, different to any guest on here, they struggle to make these responses quite short, probably because yeah. there's so much to talk about. Um, yeah. So I will remind you of that. I've got a final four here for you myself. Um, favorite session? What's if there any session that comes to mind that is is your favorite in a way? For me, when I think of a session, it's like it's it's hard and difficult when you get through it it's something that you're really satisfied with any session like that for you? yeah um i've been asked this before and a little while ago i said something like the long um longer sessions like the 800 reps where we do 10 12 or even up to 15 of them but i feel like over the last couple of months doing kind of shorter quicker track stuff it's kind of changed again um I guess it kind of depends on the season, but um, I don't know, just at the moment while I'm in 1500 racing season, uh, I've been loving doing just like 400, 300, 200 reps. Um, sometimes starting off with something like a mile tempo, um, running a few fours or threes at 1500 pace, and then maybe finishing off with a couple of quicker twos. Um, there's no like specific way of doing it, I don't think, but but kind of mixing it up. You can start off with a little bit of a tempo. Actually, in Italy a couple of weeks ago, we did a 4K tempo. Um, then I did two by 500 pretty quick on the track um, and three by 300 to finish. And I feel like a session like that, you get a bit of strength in with the tempo at the start. Uh, then you get a good couple of 500s in quicker than 1500 pace so you feel pretty pretty strong and fast um without kind of overdoing it and then finishing with a couple of quicker threes is yeah a great way of kind of kind of topping off the session and um 
yeah, I feel like that's one where you feel pretty good after it. Um, but again, there's no specific exact session, but yeah. something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. So yeah, running fast, building, but also those sort of shorter to mid-range reps uh, repeated at a very long volume, 10 to 12K, yeah. say, total. Uh, favorite vlog of all time on YouTube? Favorite episode? Oh, God, there's too many. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I really don't know if I have one. I maybe would say the um, Indoor Mile 2021 coming forth. Um, I just had a great time at Nationals there. Um, yeah. Oh, the, there's been so many videos. I think I've got about 150 of them out, so yeah. I can't even remember. I, I enjoy making them. Um, and to be honest, like maybe maybe the sessions I've been doing in England or the Italy altitude ones, like they were fun to film. Um, but something like coming forth in the NCA mile might take the cake there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, last question to wrap up the uh, interview. This, this one will cause a bit of contention. So... If you if you were to have no, I'll I'll ask it like this. I was going to ask like a one-off run. Would would you your favorite run be in America, England, or US? But I'll ask it in a way like if you could pick one country to run in, like you're there for a period of time or for the rest of your life, would you pick America, England? Uh, sorry, that shouldn't be the US. Uh, it should be Australia, a US, America, England, or Oz. What would you pick long term to train at? What's the best country to run in? God, they're all they're all great in <laughs> different ways. Uh, I feel like Australia is really really good for training. Um, but I'm going to be based in Baltimore. Um, and I'm it's a Under Armour World Headquarters, so I feel like you can't really get much better than that. And it's going to be in a new place that I still don't really know that well. So, um. I'll go. I'll go with America, but England and Australia are really good for training. Uh, I've got. I've got to go America at the top just because I'm gonna be there. Like I'm gonna be in a new place when it gets cold. We'll hopefully go to the the warmer weather. Um, great facilities under Armour World HQ. It's like it's gonna be a pretty cool spot. Um, Australia is great for running along by the beach, some decent tracks, um, good trails, and then England as well. England's England's been pretty good for running as well. So America, Australia, England. That that'll be my ranking for now. <laughs> no, good on you. I appreciate the honesty and and through the whole interview. I, I almost um I hadn't forgotten about you as a runner, but that 330. Seven, it almost um, just excited me again for, for Adam Fogg in the running world and you being yeah. over and abroad away from Australia. Um, I had it sort of thought of you and getting on here in, uh, in a while. So when I've seen that run, I was reminded of the Fogg yeah. dog and um, got a hold of you through Instagram. And yeah, I've definitely appreciated you uh, coming on here to, to share all your thoughts in running. And, and yeah, you've got a... Th three-way connection in america england and here so i'm sure there'll be yeah. plenty of runners listening in yeah for sure hopefully thanks for having me on i've enjoyed having a chat and uh maybe we can do it again in the future yeah for sure yeah happy to happy to have guests back on maybe an update um after the next six or so months where we've done those mile races and um giving us some really good results 
yeah, my favourite training session will probably have changed again by then as well. Yeah. <laughs> some long tempos or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah that's, you'll be running marathons or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never say never. Yeah. All right, legend, really? mate. You have a good, uh, I'll about to say have a good night, but have a good day over uh, in England. Thank you. See well you, buddy. Thank you. Have a good night. Catch Cheers. Up. See ya.